The Internet, an interconnected web of genre TV spoilers. This is a podcast about Star Trek. It's It's mission to view every episode of Star Trek, the original series. To evaluate old TV from a new perspective. To boldly go where many have gone before. Prime Reflective. I'll be your captain today. I'm Phil. And as always, I'm joined by a couple of my favorite crew members. Uh, I'm joined by Vic. How are you doing, Vic? Hi, Phil. Doing good. And uh, Rain. How are you doing, Rain? Uh, I'm doing very well, Captain Phil. How are you? Thank you for referring to me by my title. Vic just <laughs> yes, I have right respect in. for the captain. <laughs> I didn't go to captain school for eight years. So you could just say, hey, how you doing? Vic. <laughs> well. Uh, but how are you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Everyone doing all right? Doing good. Um, so this episode we're talking about is episode 1.3, Charlie X. Uh, and I'll just get into our recap real quick. Uh, starts star date one five three three point six at the cargo vessel Antares. The Enterprise receives Char- someone named Charlie Evans, who's a castaway. The crew of the cargo ship who is transporting him seems very happy to be rid of him, even though they do still compliment his behavior. Uh, Charlie seems surprised to see the yeoman appear on the ship. Seems like he's never seen a woman at all before. And uh, then we get the opening credits after that. So what do you think about this cold open? Janice! (laughs) (laughs) We got Janice back. Um, uh, I didn't didn't like the introduction of... of, I like parts of the introduction, Charlie, not all of it. I don't like that they spoil the mystery right off the bat by by giving Charlie that little nod thing he does. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he, okay. he definitely gives the crew members of the Antares a stink eye a little bit. And then they're like, oh, yeah, he's a great kid. Yeah, you'll love him. He's great. He's great, great, great. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's not that's not eloquent enough. Or that's not enough. That's not dirty enough. He doesn't just give them the stink eye. Like, he torts his head so that the top of his head is huge and at the camera. And then all but the whites of his eyes disappear. So it's yeah, like it's he just creepy. has whites of his eyes staring. Like, I had to rewind it because I thought that Netflix was screwing up. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> like, it is the creepiest yeah. thing. <laughs> he went a little oh. He went a little exorcist there. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess we're in for something this one. <laughs> Um, and can I? Oh no, I'll bring it up later. Okay, go ahead. So then, after the credits, we move forward. What? What is it? Like a day? It's start date one five three three point seven, and uh, we see Bones giving Charlie a physical. 
Uh, and Charlie is in peak physical condition despite growing up on a strange alien planet. Um, what, All what, by himself. Right. And there's some, like, crazy machines that he's using. There's, like, some kind of bicycle machine that's on the ceiling that he has to pedal. <laughs> it's the future! <laughs> I don't know. I've been taking my kid to PT for a few weeks now, and I think that just is, like, the now. That's that's what physical therapy is. All these weird gizmos that they have to exercise on. <laughs> that they, they function like a normal human being. Um... And then at, after Charlie leaves the, the doctor's office, he sees a couple of crewmen who are moving a pole around. Because, sure, that's what they have to do. Um, <laughs> and then when they're, yeah. when they're done, one of the crewmen slaps the other guy on the butt and says, good job. And uh, so then when Charlie later, like, just after that, sees Janice in the hallway, just slaps her in the butt real quick. And... Uh, <laughs> And we're off to the races with uh, where this episode's going to go. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, my first thought, seeing the regu- the unnamed crewmen slap each other on the butt, I was like, really? In the future, guys are still doing that? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, why do, you, why do you guys do that to each other? This is locker room talk, Vic. This is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've I've never in my life done that, but I, I so I do not understand why. But sure, my um, sons do it to each other. They'll uh, slap each other in the butt, and I'm like, okay, don't yuck. It, I'm like, it's if just this it's, area is covered by underwear. Please don't touch it. You know what <laughs> I mean? In this house, you know that that's a that's a no touch zone. But then they still do. But, Rain, I just thought been... it was I thing. I, I know you're Probably a bit of a what? hugger, Rain. Do you slap people in the butt too? Is that that a part of your? Uh, thing? sure. I slap and have been slapped. It is, <laughs> it is, it is just a thing. It is just a greeting. It's, it's just, it's just fun and funny. It's not like an everyday thing. Mm. You know, you reserve it. You reserve it for when you're, you know, turkey turkey bowl or something. But you know, I, like like Kirk said, just something you can do with guys. You can't do with girls. Yeah. A little awkward. Um, so then, <laughs> then uh, Kirk talks. Uh, we get a scene of Kirk talking with Spock and Bones, and uh, about, I guess, kind of about this incident. And he's they're talking about. Uh, Kirk decides to put Bones in charge of teaching Charlie about his adolescence, how his flowering about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about Bones as a surrogate dad? On the ship. I love that Kirk is shirking the responsibility this, and giving it to Bones. This, That's most of this episode is about Kirk trying not to talk to Charlie. I feel like <laughs> he's got a ship to run. Let's be honest. Isn't he? Doesn't okay. need, need to foster son. I might have a unique perspective on this and a kind of jaded perspective of this on this because I'm a mother of three boys, uh, okay. two are teenagers, and you have my sympathy. <laughs> and I have an ex-husband and he has refused to have the talk with any of the boys oh. I am the one who has had to have the talk with each of my boys and it's not just one talk it's a continuing talk at age appropriate levels and discussing cons- consent and all that kinds of stuff and like I think that 
when people act really awkward about having the talk. They make like sex and and that all shameful, and they make people real. They they raise their kids to you know not understand. Like to have all these psychological issues revolving around sex, and so I think that Kirk is being an asshole. I think that Bones is being an asshole. I mean, you're two dudes. This isn't even your kid. How hard is it to sit down and talk for half an hour and explain things so that this kid isn't so confused? Yeah, I hmm. I so I never had to talk with either of my parents. Like I learned from like friends and then like school sex ed, you know. But I would probably jump out of a window if either of my parents tried to talk to me about sex. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. I have never given nor received the the talk, so I I have no idea how I would handle the situation. My sister gave me the talk. She's three years older than me, and it was really wrong. Like, she made up a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like, like babies breastfeed by biting off a woman's nipples like that kinds of things that i believed for a long time like wow like when i was pregnant as a teenager i believe i was like i am not breastfeeding my kids because that's what i thought happened because that was the only person that talked to me that way you know talked to me about that was my sister who you know thought it was hilarious to make up stuff and tell it to me and so wow. i think it's really important to actually you know communicate that you know, because what you hear in a schoolyard is not going to be a pro right. You right. know, it's going to be, you know, kids making up stuff and then what they've seen on the Internet. And, you know, yeah. it's like, ugh. So, yeah. So yes, maybe, I agree. Maybe Bones is a good surrogate dad because he at least knows physiologically what's going on. I just don't know. Yeah. If, well, I guess he's but been Charlie married before, too. Her. Yeah, well, well, that and too, and maybe Kirk knows he's no good at, which is why he tries to get Bones to do it. But when it's thrust upon him, when Charlie asks him directly, yeah, we see how bad Kirk is at it. <laughs> so he was right to try to, 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 to weasel out of it. Um, so this next scene after this, uh, classic, classic scene. We have uh, what, like a rec room maybe or cafeteria, and Uhura is singing a song about. Oh Spock. yeah. Uh, and then Charlie walks in, so she starts singing about Charlie as well. And Charlie does not like the verse that she's singing about him, and suddenly uh, she can't sing anymore. Um, and neither does Spock's lute make any sound. Right. Um, and then uh, Charlie Charlie then performs some card tricks so he can try and impress Janice, including... One uh, card that she pulls out of her bra, I guess. So, great. Um, <laughs> but well, and the card trick is making the cards turn into pictures of like glamour shots of Janice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he is. He needs the First talk, guys. <laughs> he needs the talk. I uh, so this singing. I think I, I'm think I'm gonna like every scene that has her and Spock together because I just love the way that they play <laughs> off of each other, um, and I just I just love Uhura so much. I she like brings a lot of confidence to her character. It, she's just like kind of going off and dancing around and freestyling, and it's it's great. She is who she is. Yeah, no no excuses. Like I loved in this but i could imagine in life like 
if there was someone that sang around the place, they would drive me up the wall. <laughs> but I liked her in this, you know. Oh, she has an editor <laughs> on there. So I was like, oh, maybe I don't like her. I don't know. But everyone seemed to love it, so... <laughs> um, that, that's entertainment in the future. What are you going to do? You're on a ship all the time. Uh, and to be fair... True. Spock had his loot out. This is like... This is like they're at a party and someone's got a guitar with him, you know? Spock's the dude who brings his guitar out at a party. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Spock's the one singing <laughs> Dylan songs at a party. <laughs> oh gosh. And there's Spock showing two different emotions in that scene. Yeah. I, I, I think... Uh... You know, people talk about Spock being like unemotional, but he's he's definitely embarrassed for part of this. He's like, he's got stuff going on. He's a cool character. I already like Spock. Yeah, you have to yeah. have emotion to be a musician, I think. Well, a good one. Yeah. Uh, maybe not when your instrument doesn't make any noise, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're pantomiming playing it, yeah. Um, it was an interesting looking instrument. So uh, then we have a scene kind of near an elevator where Charlie is asking Kirk why he can't slap Janice's butt. And Kirk, <laughs> Kirk does a bad job of answering that. Um, Kirk is then summoned to the bridge, and Charlie follows him. On the bridge, I don't know if you noticed, but Kirk has changed his shirt. Uh, he, when a they were... totally different cop. Yep. <laughs> so on the bridge, uh, they... They find that the Antares has been trying to warn Kirk about something, but uh, after Charlie shows up, the transmission goes silent. The Antares has been destroyed. Ooh, can we can can we talk about the Antares for a second? Sure. And what kind of ship it is? Yeah, well, it's a cargo vessel, right? Well, well, it's refor- It's called four different kinds of ships in this one episode. Oh, really? <laughs> they called it a cargo ship up front. And then a transport ship, and then a science vessel, and then a survey ship. Wow. Yeah, I caught cargo and science vessel, and I was like, did I, did I remember that wrong? So they, I'm glad. Thank you. I don't for know this. in what order. Yeah, I don't know in what order they filmed this, but the continuity, their script supervisor needed to be fired. Re- yeah. Because I mean, at least crazy. another cup of coffee. Because that shirt. Well, thing the shirt is thing like too. Crazy. Yeah. Like. He's wearing and, his, his standard uh, yellow shirt, and then he shows up on the bridge, and he's wearing his green shirt. It's it, with like the low cut V green shirt. Yeah, that was a funny. And at shirt. the yeah, and at the <laughs> end when they beam uh, Janice back onto the ship, she sometimes has shoes and sometimes doesn't in that scene. <laughs> so it's a bit sloppier than a lot of these episodes have been so far. It's a and little sloppy. That's okay. It's more fun. None of it got in the way of the story. It was just um, so fun little stuff. Charlie can blow up a ship with his mind. Is is that what just happened? Apparently he can do. Apparently he can do anything. I mean, the ship doesn't. This this show doesn't give us any limitations. He can obviously read minds if he knows what Janice's favorite perfume is. He yeah blows up a ship. He can create turkeys and in the ovens. He, I don't think he has any limits. Well, he has than, limits later. He has limits, but yeah, he can only do so much at a, at a time. But what he can do, I don't know. I don't know that that has any limits. 
Yeah. I don't know. This, uh... Also, let's go back to Kirk being bad at telling him why not oh, to yeah, slap yeah. the girl on the ass. From all the girls who have been unwantedly slapped on the ass, thanks, Kirk, for addressing that. I I didn't write down his – do you remember his explanation? I, didn't, I forgot to write it down. Uh. No, I didn't write it down. I was annoyed. <laughs> um, I think the attempt was it's something most people can – most people can identify with the awkwardness of the situation. It's maybe not as sensitive as they could have been. Yeah. But it's the 60s. What do you want? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so then uh, we get to see Kirk and Spock playing chess with each other. And uh, because of his illogical approach, uh, Kirk wins. Um, Damn right. And then uh, he leaves and, and <laughs> Spock plays Charlie in chess as well. Spock beats Charlie. Charlie gets very mad and destroys the pieces with his mind after Spock leaves it. So Spock doesn't get to see it. Well, and while he's doing it, oh, this annoyed me so much because Spock's like, that was a bad move. And Charlie's like, no, it was not. And Spock's like, checkmate or whatever. And Charlie's like, no, it's not. And my 10-year-old does this. Yeah, it is was... the most annoying thing. You're like, you're like, the sky's blue. No, it's green. Like, what are you even... Oh, I know. It could be contrary for contrary's sake. It, ah, I wanted to reach in and hit this kid every scene he was in. Yeah, I did not like him. He's a he's a little bit of a. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a thing in fiction where it's like children with too much power. Um, children of the corn. Yeah, or Game of Thrones. There's Joffrey in that. Um, Twilight. Uh, the Twilight Zone. This uh, this episode oh. actually was one of a, oh yeah yeah this episode uh, like was one of a few that made me think a lot of like manga like especially about Akira which is about like children who can just like oh, blow sure. up the world um so I mean I don't know if this is the first one of those things or not but it's like I think he's supposed to be really annoying to us I don't think that they're trying to make him like they're trying to make us see things from his point of view at all. Which is maybe well, he hasn't been script. socialized. Yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't know how to interact with other people. I think he's annoying, but I think it makes sense. You know, he hasn't had to learn to lose. He hasn't had any of those, you know, interactions. Absolutely. But that makes me question, why do why does anybody write episodes like this when the intention is to annoy the audience? Because <laughs> I was nothing but annoyed by this episode. I was not entertained by it. So I don't see the point... In, in stories like this existing, personally. I, think, I mean, if they had ended differently, where suddenly it all comes together and you see things from his point of view, that would have made it worth it to annoy you for a while. Um, or, I mean, they kind of do like a, well, he gets us in the end to sort of thing. To, and I guess that could be cathartic, but... Well, there was there were several other endings written before they went with this one. Hmm. The ending that I like the most is that is that Charlie zaps himself out of existence instead of going back to the planet. Oh yeah, that would have been a lot better. And that I liked, but for some reason they went with this. Um, well, like I think they could have addressed it in a really interesting way, like if they focused more on I always get these two mixed up, like sociopathy or psychopathy, you know, like on his psychological effects of being both uh, 
ultra powerful and not having empathy for other people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like if that instead of all the petulance like tone down the petulance the petulance would be there but bring out the darkness like because when he's being dark mm-hmm. like i find him like hard to look at but mm-hmm. engaging yeah you know like it's like it's hard to look at because it's so disturbing like i think they could have like maybe not in the 60s but maybe if they were to redo it and they took a closer look at that i think mm-hmm. that would be much more intriguing much more i would rather watch that than yeah. the petulance and the annoyingness yeah I, I can't decide about this actor sometimes i think he's just great and very chilling um sometimes like you said he's just kind of annoying uh, well, that's what he's written to be, yeah. and he's pulling it off really well. That gut reaction you're having to him, I think he's actually a really good, doing a really good job acting. Sometimes, maybe just like one scene or two, sometimes he talks a little bit like Jimmy Stewart. I don't know if any, either of you noticed that <laughs> I, or not. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't, but now that you mentioned that, yeah. <laughs> that scene on the bridge at the end... Yeah. I couldn't tell if he was a good actor or not. I don't think he was doing a very good job, but I could definitely see some Jimmy Stewart in, in the way he was saying things. Oh, um, yeah, Dean was kind of melodramatic. All right, so the, the next scene, uh, we see Janice is trying to set Charlie up with another girl, but uh, he kind of just shirks her aside and starts creeping on Janice again. So she... Yeah, that was a super <laughs> creepy scene. <laughs> so she decides to talk to Kirk about it. Um... So Kirk decides to talk to uh, Charlie, and I thought he gave some better advice about women this time. Or at least, he at least presented the idea that there should be consent in a relationship. Yeah, so I was like, hey, Kirk, let's give you some points on this one. He did pretty good. (laughs) Um, Like, he's not a dad. I thought he did pretty good on that one. A little late, but... Um. One thing about Janice talking to Kirk, is Kirk, like, HR, or do they have HR on the ship? Or, like, what's this, like, I guess she's just going to a superior officer? I, I, I don't From know. what I understand, she's supposed to be his yeoman. Right. So they have a working relationship. Okay. I'm just oh, thinking. is Janice why Kirk's yeoman? That's... They haven't really established it on the show because in, in episode last episode she was taking Sulu his lunch. Uh-huh. But from what I've from what I've read, she's I she is it's implied that she is Kirk's yeoman, yeah. Yeah. Well, later, later episodes they'll say, Oh, well, wouldn't you like to have a private yeoman like her? Or like Kirk's lucky. They said you know? that uh last episode. Oh that was this yeah. Yeah, it was, was that it was this one? No, that was the last episode. The, that was Yeah, because she was like she sassed those guys and I was like, You go, Janice. <laughs> But, uh, like, like, Kirk is put in charge of Charlie from the beginning. Like, like he didn't bring anyone with him to welcome him on to, in, in the, the, tell, what's the, what's the place where they beam in? Transporter room? The transporter room. Yeah. He was there. Like, I thought that Kirk had responsibility for Charlie. Um, well, maybe you're right. I mean, he is, he is the kind of captain who, you know, takes takes control takes puts himself in charge of things well and he's the only one that charlie is actually you know like he charlie's engaging with janice but not you know otherwise he's only actually talking really 
to Kirk. Kirk. Mm-hmm. Kirk is obviously the one to go to in this case because he's the only one Charlie's. Like either Janice is just I, I think she, I like since I like Janice I tend to believe that you know she was being really smart. Yeah. Um, and Kirk. Well, uh, so after Kirk and Charlie talk, they they go to the gym to practice some uh, combat throws and I guess just work out some of that energy that he's dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. While they're doing this, one of the crew members laughs at Charlie, so Charlie makes him disappear with his mind, and Kirk finally realizes something is up. <laughs> you get that oh shit face. <laughs> I, I feel like he didn't react enough to it in a way. Like, he did get the, like, whoa, look, but I feel like he should have been, like, yelling or something. He's a lot cool, cooler headed than I thought he would be. Well, well if, you, yeah. if the guy next to you can zap you out of existence, <laughs> you don't want to yell yeah, at I him. Would hope yeah. <laughs> we want a captain that has a creeps a cool head. I thought I thought that was a really well acted scene all around. Yeah, you know, you know what? I like the uh, '60s fit guy look, where it's like these guys look like they've been like tossing around medicine balls or something. Not like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the the line of somersaulting or front flipping women going through the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I was like, we need some kind of you know music video where they yeah. do this because this is hilarious. I could watch this for a while. It was a little uncomfortable because <laughs> so like they're all wearing tights, right? But you could definitely tell like Kirk's were tight enough that you could see his tight underwear underneath it. Yeah, he, he, he had VPL definitely. Yeah. What's VPL? Visible panty line. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, those are some, yeah, those are tight tights. Yeah, I, you know what? I like that physical fitness combat throw scene, and I, it, it made me feel good for the future when we're gonna see more combat, because I feel like that is gonna be something we're gonna see people throwing each other on the ground like that more often. Well, I we're was gonna see that like... and a lot more shirtless Kirk. <laughs> I, I want to learn how to do that. That looked fun. I was like, Charlie, you're a wet blanket. This looks like fun. And I do think that Kirk had a good idea doing that. Like, I know a lot of people, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but a lot of people are like, don't, you know, show them physical aggression or something when they're – but I think it's a good outlet. Like, my kids did wrestling for a while, and, like, when, when my middle son was had too much energy and couldn't focus and – he started doing wrestling and that really helped him get some you know energy out in a you know a physical way that you know was unacceptable otherwise and so i thought it was sort Absolutely. of a good idea yeah i uh, i think uh i think kirk at this point is getting it together i think earlier in the episode he seemed like a deadbeat dad in a way where he's like you deal with his kid but by now yeah. i think he's accepting responsibility and trying to help out. And like, I'm not defending Charlie, but that guy that was laughing at him so much was a dick. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I'm like, what did your mama teach you? You know what I mean? This is a kid. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't deserve to disappear for forever, but you know, you know, he came back. Maybe he could have like materialized a trout in his pants or something. You know that would have been. 
probably didn't have a developed enough sense of humor, or else yeah. this could have been a much funnier episode. <laughs> oh, it could have been so fun. You should you should have those powers instead of Charlie, Vic. Um, <laughs> Please, <yay. laughs> So, uh. Kirk's response to this guy disappearing is he sends Charlie to his room. And then uh, oh. some red shirts show in to escort him. And uh, he throws them around with his mind. And then he makes all the phasers on the ship disappear. So, uh, but then he does agree to leave, at least. The, that line when Kirk's like, go or I'll pick up and carry you there. Yeah. I got shivers. So good. So well delivered. I don't know. I mean, he knows this guy can zap him, zap him out of existence, and yet yeah. he's still standing up and you know and telling this guy what to do. I loved it. Well, and also in defense of Charlie, do you notice in this scene, uh, there's the laughing at him and all that, but did you notice how he kept saying, I won't let them hurt me, I won't let them hurt me? Yeah. Like, well, it points yeah, to totally some kind of... He really thinks, like, he's really been hurt. Yeah. And so at the end, I'm not sure if it's the, the alien people or if something happened at that, on that, you know, science cargo uh, ship. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I assumed when he said they weren't nice to me that, like, he was being petulant. But the fact that he keeps saying, I won't let them hurt me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Could be, could be, could be. Again, you're making this a lot deeper than I had originally taken it. Mm. Well, uh, let's see. So then Spock tells Kirk that the Thasians, I I guess the planet that he was stranded on was Thasis. So the Thasians uh, have the same abilities as Charlie, uh, but Bone says he couldn't be a Thasian because he looks human. Uh, right down to his fingers. Um, but then they also decide that Kirk's raw dadliness is the only thing that can keep Charlie in check. <laughs> well said. <laughs> um, so, raw dadliness, I'm sorry. <laughs> tickles me. So uh, I was a little confused about Bones here, because... I guess I don't really know where this falls in line with some of the other episodes, but we have already seen a shapeshifter. Yeah, um, the one episode in canon <laughs> was someone that made itself look human down to its fingers. Right. And wasn't. Um, so like, bone, does Bones true. not learn? <laughs> what the hell, Bones? What the hell? Well, he, he, he went a little bit more scientific than that by saying that the development of the fingers and toes exactly matches humans at that point in time. Yes. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe shapeshifters don't get 100% of the anatomy right when they do it. Hmm. And this guy, and but but Charlie but, was too human to have been a shapeshifter? I don't know. I think they were just, I think it was quick exposition so that we didn't think it was. Yeah, so that we knew he was human. I don't think that there's, you know, much more than we only have so long to tell this story in. Yeah. Instead, no, we're but I like that they actually threw in a tiny bit of science there. It wasn't just a throwaway line. There was a, there was a little bit of scientific explanation in the line too. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he was talking about fingers uh, as a way of telling when humans are from. 
Yeah, but if he knew that, he would have been able to tell that Nancy in last episode was the shapeshifter. Except well, if he had he examined her close enough to measure. Oh, he was though. examining her close, Rain. <laughs> well, okay. Um, so after that, uh, Charlie he just goes wild. He's not listening to Dad anymore. He's messing with the ship's controls. Uh, he forces Spock to recite poetry. Uh, he corners Janice in her room, and she slaps him, so he makes her disappear. I like that scene. I like Janice standing up for herself. That I'll lock my door when I please. That kind of, that whole thing. Yeah, you that was go. Good. This is a good character. Good character moment for her. I think we're all she's on the Janice great. train here. I'm kind of sad to know that she's just gonna. I, now I picture in my head she will just stop being on the show and no one will ever talk about her ever again. That's that's how I picture. I, it. I think so. Don't spoil it's been so long it. I don't want to know. It. I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Because, like, if something big happens with her, I want to experience it when it happens, because I like Janice. Well, we know she lives, because she's in the movies later. I mean, oh yeah, so she's just not in the show. Oh, she's awesome. And uh, let's talk about, you know, like, sexual assault against women, like, mm. and he just makes her disappear. Yeah. Hmm. You think that's a metaphor for anything, or is that just... I don't know. I think <laughs> I if I think we should rewrite it. We rewrite it from a 2016 perspective, and uh, use that because I think that could be powerful. I don't. I think it was him losing his temper. Yeah. But I think it could could have been more. There. Um, yeah, she, he, him saying she's not nice at all just because she won't give it up to him. Uh, Completely, yeah. There, there's nothing. There's no liking Charlie at that point. Right. Yeah, he sounds like a certain incumbent president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Charlie has not gone, not cooled down at all, because he starts walking around the halls. He sees some crew members that are laughing. He doesn't want them to laugh anymore, so he takes away their faces. And then uh, that that was that, pretty that good. Was, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then uh, he takes control of the ship because the – I forgot this from earlier, but uh, they all decide that they cannot take Charlie back to this Earth colony because he'll just wreak havoc on it. So they try mm -hmm. to reroute the ship, and once Charlie finds out about that, he gets really mad, which is what sets him off. So now that he's taken control of the ship, they are going to this Earth colony, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Um except Kirk realizes that controlling the ship is taxing Charlie's power. So then they just start turning on a bunch of stuff. Um. Which is funny when, when uh, who is it, Spock and McCoy running around pushing buttons? That cracked me up. They're like, ha, 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 ha. How would McCoy know which buttons to push? He's just turning them all on. Just push all the buttons. Maybe, are they labeled at all? Do they say, like, power or anything? I don't know. They, most of them aren't labeled. Um, and that, so then uh, they start to have a fight, Kirk and Charlie, uh, but suddenly the ship gets back under their control, crew members are reappearing, and also a Thasian ship appears. Um, the first time I saw it, I thought that, it, that it, they were showing the uh, Antares reappearing. So I was like, oh, good. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. At least they're all alive. But no, the Antares, they're all just dead. 
They're <laughs> they're they're gone. Mm. That's pour, sad. It's pouring out for the entire. It makes you. Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder what happened. You know where he did send Rand and the Jim Crewman. Did he zap them back to Thesis, or because hmm. if they could bring the Antares back, how from death? Maybe the, maybe Rand and the other dude weren't dead; they were just somewhere else. Yeah, or, he just relocated them. Like with the Antares, they found they saw debris. Like there was a part yeah. broken on the Antares that he just made worse. He said um, it was going to explode anyway. Maybe, yeah. maybe they were all on the upside down. Oh, <laughs> oh with the Demogorgon. Yeah. 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 Um, so then, I don't uh, know if they're in the with the Demic Gordon and uh, J- Janice still looks really nice when she comes back from the upside down. <laughs> oh, she was just That's slapping true. that Demic Gordon. The Asians. <laughs> oh, she would that girl. In a toga, nonetheless. In a pearly pink toga. Yeah. Um, so then we see an ancient Thasian who's hundreds of years old. He, well, his head appears. And uh, he explains that they have returned everything to normal, and they gave Charlie his power so he could survive on Thasis, um, but he's been abusing it, so they're taking him back, and suddenly Charlie disappears. Yeah, why yep. can't they just take the powers back? They That was explored in an earlier version of the script, but for some reason they just didn't want to go the route, and they didn't even want to address it. Hmm. I do love that Kirk, despite the danger to himself and his crew, stood up for Charlie. Yeah. Um, it's such it, it's a brave, um, ethical. I mean, it's it's questionably ethical, but you know he's standing up for humanity. He knows he knows the boy's circumstance and is willing to risk it to mentor the kid and, and to. But yeah. Well, no such and luck. When he sees the fear in Charlie again, like, you know, yeah. we saw Charlie being like, I'm not going to let them hurt me. And Kirk's like, they're not going to hurt you. And then we see him as scared the same way from the Thasians. Yeah. So I don't know if he's scared of isolation, but it seems like maybe something bad was happening with the Thasians. Like, I well, wish they could they have taken his power back away. I wish. Yeah. I think that, that would have been a better ending. It would have been a better ending for the character, definitely. They do. He does say that Thasians can't touch him, so because they, the Thasians are, um, what am I alien list here? They are non-corporeal species. Mm. They aban- They shed their human-like physical bodies centuries ago, which is why he says, "I'm appearing to you now in my sen- in my form from centuries ago." Oh, okay, gotcha. Because they don't. They exist. They're just like pure energy. Um, and, and how they were able to give this guy psychokinetic psycho abilities, I guess that's just one, one of their own psychokinetic abilities. But why they can't take him away, like you said, I don't know. Um, yeah, sad ending. He's going to live forever on that planet by himself. Yeah. Well, probably just a lifespan, don't you think? Because they're, oh, yeah. they're not freeing him from oh, his body. Cause... No, he just, yeah, he will... That brings something else in mind. Maybe this is too flippant for this point in the conversation, but if he's a teenager and he can make whatever food he wants, would he really be so skinny? I'd be happy having pizza for every meal. Right. I don't. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know how it is. Make myself. If he grew up on this and vegetables. Planet, oh, that's true. He probably hasn't had. He would pizza. only know it like. He's like, all right, I'll make. He's just making like more of the food concentrates. Yeah. 
Well, he could be like my 14-year-old who eats all the time, and he's still like 5'9", 110 pounds. You know what I mean? It could just be he's got a good metabolism because he's young. Those were the days. I I miss it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, any general thoughts on this episode? my, My theme that I pulled from this was just like, kids need parents, I guess. That's that's all I got. Yeah, really. that's that's fair. Yeah, this one was was a little weaker in theme. Um, just like you said, you know, the with great I'm not gonna say with great power comes great responsibility, but I would say you can't you can't be trusted with that kind of power without the wisdom and the maturity to handle it. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I like I like yours better. Kids need parents. That's that's so much that's so much simpler. Well, like, I was so disappointed with this one because, like, I am really intrigued by feral children, like, Mm. all the, you know, historical accounts and stories that address that. And there was so much that they could have done with him to make him more interesting and compelling. And, like, like, even, you know, hitting all their plot points, there was so much they could have done with him. And it was really disappointing. Mm. But, like, the theme, like, yeah, with the power. Or and I don't know, like, like, you know, I grew up with someone that was a, a sociopath, and, and like, like as a child, mm-hmm. and as a teenager, and um, like, I could see bits of him in Charlie, so I really liked this episode, but I was so disappointed because I thought it could be so much better. It was really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know about theme. Like, theme for me is hard to verbalize because, to me, the theme was just his character, you know? Like, I was just so just fixated on Charlie as a character. I couldn't really see it as a theme. Yeah, I I think the theme was very weak, and, and actually that theme of kids need parents is kind of a rough one, too, because there are people who are orphaned and turn out okay. Um, so I think that they could have, if that was what they were going for, then they really should have shown another side of that to say how this could have been better, maybe. Um, Mm. well, this is our second episode in a row where if they would have made different decisions and had more empathy, there could have been some hope at the end of the episode. And this is the second one in a row where like, they don't act with that, you know? Like, they don't fulfill any kind of hope. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to our uh, final ra- ratings. Um, All right. Uh, Rain, you want to start us? Sure. Um, my lowest rating for this one was entertainment, only because I don't like petulant children, and I was mostly annoyed Throughout the, throughout the episode. And I watched this one three times this week just to find the redeeming aspects of it. And there definitely were one. There were some legitimately funny moments, entertaining moments. Uh, most of them, are, like always for me, are going to be Kirk moments. Um, but overall, it's just not an episode I, I want to go back to to watch fondly remember very well. Um, and my highest rated category is actually... 
um, the erg factor because I didn't find much er- to be erg with. <laughs> um, there definitely was some. It's it's yeah. going to be there. It's the product of product of its time. Um, but I liked that. I like that Rand is such a strong female character. She stood up mm-hmm. for herself. That made me happy. Um, I don't have kids. Um, I don't remember being a child. I don't have. I have a terrible memory. So some of the, like Vic brought up the the talk stuff. Um, and maybe it just that that just flew by me. I didn't really consider it much. Um, so for me on these viewings, there wasn't much erg factor. So I gave that an eight. All right. And uh, Vic. Um, my lowest was effects because nothing really impressed me. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the missing face, I thought was you know could have been so much better they showed it like far away and you know what i mean I yeah this is like and even then it didn't match her skin tone yeah and this kid can do anything and essentially their effects are lip this person disappeared lip this yeah. person disappeared you know what i lip mean this person's an iguana <laughs> yeah. like the best effects are uh are the card tricks. I thought that was probably the best effects. And, you know, so that's pretty sad. And this is, and then, like, this is the uh, second episode in a uh-oh. row where the main alien antagonist, uh, although I guess Charlie's not an alien, but they, they're, they're looking like humans all the time. I, I want to see some more non-humans in this. Well, this yeah. episode was actually supposed to air much later in the season, mm. but because it was so special effects light, they could afford to put it up front because they still had to work on effects for episodes they'd already filmed that weren't ready yet. Okay. So this one was bumped up for right now. So we should get more effects heavy stuff later. Well, then I feel good for rating effects low. And um, my highest was roles just because I think Kirk is annoying, but he's, you know, a character. He has definite character motivations. Uh, Janice, my girl Janice, and like Charlie is a great character of this kid that you know no one ever gives the opportunity really. No one ever steps up to you know save. And uh, I I agree with that actually. That rolls was one of my highest ones, but um my my lowest was theme because I thought it was kind of (laughs) sucked. I thought, <laughs> thought it was like they just had like a basic idea and went with it and then didn't uh, challenge the theme at all to develop it into, into anything more interesting. When previous episodes that we've already seen have better themes. So I, I gave that a four in theme. Um, and uh, tied with roles, I had energy for number eight because I felt like this episode didn't really have much downtime. Like, it felt like there's always something going on. Um just no scenes where I was sitting there like, when is this going to be, when is this conversation over? You know? Which has... Yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that. That was really good. So... You're right. Yeah. So I gave that an 8 in energy. Uh, my total for all my categories is a 65. Uh, what was your total, Rain? Did you have that added up? Uh, mine was a 57. And yours, Vic? Uh, mine was a 57, but, like, I want to adjust it again after you guys talked. You know? <laughs> that's what happens. I'm like, oh, well, that's true. The energy was really good. You know? I'm like, oh, I should give them more points. I didn't even notice. You know? So mine will probably be about a 60 when I'm done. It was a 57. All right. And, uh, Rain, did you have any other uh, facts uh, 
that you researched about this today? Uh, not much else. Um, we talked about the Thacians. We've got, uh, we now know that Vulcans play instruments. That was his, that was a lute, according to, uh, what I found on the internet online. There was something else. Oh, um, I did want to mention concerning, uh, world building. I love three dimensional chess. That's something yeah. that's endured. That's something that fans love that you can actually buy and play three dimensional chess, um, as a real game. So I love that that was in there. I thought that was some a really uh, brilliant uh, spark of world building. I liked it being in here. Yeah, I meant to mention that. I'm, uh, but yeah, I've seen three-dimensional chess around. And that's also, I feel like maybe the Star uh, Star Wars scene where they're playing holographic chess. It's kind of a similar yeah. idea. Um, all right. Well, I did have a, uh incoming communication this week as our Yay! communications officer. We got a message from Dan from Virginia uh, who asked, was it difficult for Roddenberry to work in all the social justice slash commentary stuff? And if so, how did he manage it? So I thought it would be good to take a moment to discuss how we feel this uh, goes as a social justice piece. I mean, we're still in the beginning, and a lot of the things that people like to talk about when they talk about... uh, social justice in Star Trek is actually later, but we've still got a mm-hmm. kind of feeling about some of this here. Um, I have, uh, One thing I noticed w- while I was kind of researching about this, there's there's a lot of talk about the pilot episode and how uh, number one is a female character um, mm-hmm. and that she was then removed kind of with uh, differing stories about why she's not in the rest of the series. Um, According to Roddenberry, NBC didn't want a female heading the crew. Um, But uh, one of the producers wrote an autobiography where it said that NBC was fine with that. They just didn't want someone who uh, Roddenberry had been having an affair with as an actor. (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, both, yeah. Both may be true. That's the only yeah. pushback I saw about any of the, um, like, gender issues in the show that I saw. Well, I I read somewhere, and I'll try and find the source so we can put it online, that Roddenberry originally wanted half of the crew to be female, mm. but got pushed back to it's only one-third of the crew, or, you know, the core crew was female up front. Um, and one third's being generous if you just got her and Rand. Right. Um, yeah, and like almost every time there's a woman, she's a yeoman, which, as far as you know, we know so far, working theory well, is space waitress. Right. Well, there yeoman's are like I said. I think it's a personal assistant to a to a degree. Right. Well, Uhura is your Uhura is a lieutenant. Yeah. Besides Uhura. Yeah. Besides. Isn't so, she the communications I, director, though, which is kind of... She She is... Yeah, she's communications officer, yeah. Um, she's you, Phil. Yeah, she's my job. Um, as, uh, answering phone calls is also something that a secretary would do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that... Uh, well, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> well, well, well said. Yes. Didn't think about that. Um, um, but uh, one he thing... Did, one thing I was thinking about as we think about this generally, we've been kind of, rough, especially on that pilot, we were really rough on uh, some of the lines they had there um, because uh-huh. 
it doesn't it's not my image of what 200 years in the future would be I've started to kind of consider what it would be like for the audience watching it though like maybe when C Commander Pike says oh I'm not used to women on the bridge that's something that the audience would be thinking so they so someone thought that would be an important line to put in mm. there for the audience okay kind of ease the audience into the idea of it right Hmm. I don't know. That's just something I've been trying to wrestle with. I don't know, because yeah. we talked about it in the pilot. The <laughs> whole treatment of women throughout that episode. Right. It's not you great. I, I'm just... One... It's worse than not great. It's <laughs> trying it's to find the bright damn side. bad. Um, <laughs> I think you maybe... Know, but... I don't know, maybe it's progressive for the time. I didn't live back then. But, I mean, my mom was born in 59. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not like ancient times, the 60s, you know? No, no. I think, uh, I mean, when I think of the erg moments that I've had in the show, it's almost exclusively gender-based. Um, I think... Uh, the issues of race, I think it's a lot better at, but I'm also a white person saying this, so I may not know what's going on. But um, yeah, I mean, well, check check your privilege at the door, and then we can talk about. It. <laughs> well, for race, we have what Uhuru and uh and Sulu. Sulu is a and yeah. But well, I and, don't know I mean, for the time if, could... is that progressive. I don't. It was progressive to see uh, a black woman in a role other than like a servant or some uh, a subservient role. To have a black woman in, in, on a ship who has rank, um, I think is pr I think for the time was pretty progressive. And I've heard a lot of people who were very inspired by her as well. Uh, was it Whoopi Goldberg saying that her inspired her to I've get seen, into acting? I've seen an interview with her about that. Yeah, and she, when she's mentioned that. And uh, I forget her name, but the first uh, black female astronaut was a fan of Star Trek as well because of her. So it's. A very important role to a lot of people. Um, I mean, but we got to be, you know, careful that, you know, him being progressive doesn't mean that he was as much as he should have been. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we're giving him a lot of credit for Uhuru. And is she the only one? Like, that we should give him credit for? Well, I mean, there's also the next generation he had a hand in. and Yeah. I do. Jordy LaForge. I think and... the next generation has a lot. Yeah. Keiko and, you know, yeah. They bring and in. Whoopi, don't forget, Whoop, Whoopi was in the next gen, too. Skynan. I love Skynan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, you pick your battles, and if the networks have. And, and like I said, we're, we're, we're just now getting into this. There could be a ton of information out there we didn't have on hand trying to answer this question. But he did a lot of stuff. I mean, he cast Chekhov, a Russian, during the height of the Cold War. That's true. It's not a racial issue, but it's 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 a socially conscious decision. Um, and there's more, like I said, we'll, and we'll get into more of that stuff. We'll get into the first on-screen interracial kiss in television history and all that stuff later on in the, in the series. Yeah, I think that we're just a little early to answer this question, like, at least for me, because this is my first time through, yeah. you know, like, from the thoughtful look at things that we've been seeing from the 
writing of these, I'm betting that he the social justice is going to be something that's very, you know, that's addressed and progressive for the time period. Yeah. I just don't have enough information to really answer lovely Dan from Virginia's question, you know, but it's definitely yeah. something that people talk about when they talk about Star Trek and uh, Ron and Barry. It I, is. There's a lot of articles I saw that were saying Star Trek needs to get back to its social justice roots and all this stuff. So it's definitely a part of the legacy and I'm excited to see more of it as we get through the series. I agree. Um, so I'm not sure if that answered your question or not, Dan, but thank you for writing it. <laughs> And, uh, Thanks, yeah, please send us more. Send us more questions. Uh, you can Ask all... more questions. We'll not answer them, but we'll try and talk a lot. <laughs> uh, we'll talk can, around them. You can send those questions to <laughs> theprimereflective at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us. We're at primereflective on Twitter. Um, or you can comment on the blog posts at www.theprimereflective.com. Yep. And, uh, that's it for this episode. Tune in next time. We'll have Captain Rain take us through episode 1.3, Where No Man Has Gone Before. It will be my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> later, phasers? Nah. <laughs> it's got to be later, lasers. Bye. Later, lasers. <laughs> Bye.